All right, got your Bible. Turn to Lamentations chapter 4 this morning. Lamentations chapter number 4 this morning. Lamentations 4. Church, we're obviously going through the Old Testament and our Sunday school hour. And uh, we, the, all of your life, if you've been raised in church, you know that the Old Testament is broken up into five major categories. And I don't think there's anything deep. But uh, your Old Testament, the first five books, what do we call that? Pentateuch, we call that the Pentateuch, the first five books. And then after that, we have a, tw- a series of 12 books, Joshua through Esther. We refer to those books as what? History. history, the history books. And then after the history books, we call the next ones the poetical books, the next five books. So that would be Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. And then we're studying the group of books right now. There's five of them. What are those called? The major prophets, the five next books, uh, Daniel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel, those five books are the major prophets. And the reason there's major is not because that they were more important than the other prophets, it's the size of their book that was written. The last group of books is 12 books, and those 12 books uh, is what we call what? Minor prophets, really shorter books, some just a chapter long, but they're minor, what we call those the minor prophets. And so we're looking through these uh, together. I think we're on less than 21-ish, uh, I don't know if 20 or 21, as we go through. So we're getting close to the end. We do about 30 lessons on each of these categories. And so today we're on Lamentation 4. I think this is our last lesson out of Lamentations. And then we'll jump into uh, the next book, uh, book of Ezekiel. And I think you'll enjoy that uh, as well. All right, I'm going to pray. Would you pray in your heart? Ask the Lord again to speak to us through his word. Father in heaven, thank you for the Bible. Thank you for the power of it. I ask you to please use it in our hearts and lives. Help us have an understanding of knowing what the sense is of the scriptures. But Father, may we also uh, listen to what you have for us as individuals this morning. Lord, bless all the classes. And Lord, may we draw closer to you because of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Lamentations. Let's pick it up in verse number one, chapter four, verse number one. The Bible says this. How is the gold become dim? How is the most fine gold changed? The stones of the sanctuary are poured out in the top of every street. Verse 2, the precious sons of Zion, comparable to fine gold, how are they esteemed as earthen uh, vessels? Now, Church of Man, I'm going to just, if you have a, the Sunday school lesson there, you noticed that the very uh, title of the lesson is how the gold becomes dim. I want you to notice in verse number 1, it's not a question mark, it's an exclamation point. When you look at verse number 1, the Bible says, how has the gold become dim? We use the word how as if it was a question, but that's not a question. It's a statement. God's making a a statement and specifically about the children of Israel. How do we know that? Because of verse number two. In verse number one, how has the gold become dim? Statement. Verse number two, the precious sons of Zion comparable to what? Fine gold. So God is looking at the children of Israel as something that is valuable. In fact, it calls them the precious sons of Zion. The word precious means something that is valuable. By the way, you're valuable to God. Aren't you glad of that? To think that God would create the entire world of all the spectacularness of the world. But yet God says, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him, that God cares specifically about us. By the way, he cares about lost and saved alike. And, um, but specifically the interpretation of this passage is God's referring to the Jews. He says, the precious sons of Zion comparable to fine gold. But verse number one says, how has the gold become dim? Now, church, I mean, we as Christians, that can happen to us as also is we can, we can become dim. I brought a flashlight this morning to kind of illustrate just a little bit this morning. But, you know, that light is awful bright. But if you cover that light with, a, uh, with anything, but this is just black cloth, yes, you can still get light from it. But you're not going to get as much light as you could get from it if you were to remove what's making it become dim. All right. Now, can I just tell you, the children of Israel were still the children of Israel and were still valuable to God. They did not lose their worth. 
I don't know, I used to collect pennies years ago. I used to collect weedy pennies. I don't know if you guys have ever done it like that before, the old weedy pennies, but a penny is still a penny. Now, no matter how old that penny looks, I know it's tarnished with time, it doesn't change the fact that it doesn't matter if you have a shiny penny, they're both still worth one cent. Can I just tell you that the children of Israel were comparable to fine gold. They did not lose their worth because of their sin, and they did not lose their worth because of captivity. But it dimmed it. It caused a shadow to come upon it. And so, again, God's making the comparison in the in Lamentations here of how the gold becomes dim. In other words, what took place in Israel's life that caused them to lose their luster, to lose their shine. Hey, let's, I think you got the interpretation as well as the application, but Matthew chapter 5, what does he say in verse number 16? Let your light so shine before men that they may see what? Your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. But in that same verse 16, the previous verse says, a person does not, <coughs> I'm paraphrasing now, he says a person does not light a candlestick and put it under a bushel, but they remove the bushel so that it give light to the entire house. Church, I mean, can I just tell you, God wants your light to shine, and if we're not careful, we cause the light to become dim. In other words, we cover that light. We have the kids saying, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. What's the principle there? Okay, it doesn't change the fact that I'm a Christian. It doesn't change the fact the Holy Spirit dwells inside of me. But sometimes you can get so caught up in sin or worldliness that a person can't see your light. Now, follow the, the principle that, that's, that's being taught here is how does, the, how does the gold become dim? Now, first, let's talk about the interpretation of the chapter, and then we'll make quick application this morning. In chapter number four, there are three things that are mentioned. You knew there'd be three things because God likes the number three, and so do I, all right? But there are actually three things mentioned in this particular chapter, and I'll give you the groupings of the verses, that caused the gold to become dim. What caused Israel to go into captivity? What caused Israel to lose their freedom? What caused Israel to lose their family? I want to tell you, it's because the gold became dim, all right, now what caused the gold to become dim? Verse number three, down to verse number 11 is the first one. I'm not gonna probably read the entire chapter, but let's read some verses here. In chapter number four there, verse number three, even the sea monsters draw out the breast, they give suck to their young ones. The daughter of my people has become cruel like the ostriches in the wilderness. All right, now church family, he's using an example of feeding their young is what he's doing here. But look at verse four. The tongue of the sucking child cleaveth to the roof of his mouth for thirst, the young children ask, uh, ask bread, and no man breaketh it unto them. That's because there was a famine. Why was there a famine? Well, because they were in captivity, or, or I'm sorry, under siege by the Babylonians around Jerusalem that there was no food. All right, and that's what he's referring to. This is what, caught, this is what happened. Look at verse number five. That they that did feed delicately are desolate. In other words, those that used to have much to have little in the streets. They that were brought up in scarlet Nice clothing, embrace dunghills. Why? Verse number six, for the, what's the next word? Verse six, the punishment of the iniquity of the daughter of my people is greater than the punishment of the sin of Sodom that was overthrown as in a moment and no hands stayed on her. I'm going to jump down to verse number nine. It says, they that be slain with the sword are better than they that be slain with hunger. He's actually going to describe that even more. Look at verse 10, the hands of the pitiful women have sod and the word Sodom means to boil. The hands of the pitiful women have sodden or boiled their own children. They were, they were their meat in the destruction of the daughter of my people. The Lord hath accomplished his fury. Now I know we're not reading all the verses, but can I just tell you the very first reason that caused the children of Israel for the gold to become dim, for people not to be able to see how they were God's chosen people was very evident. It was God's punishment upon their life. Now, 
I would hope that this morning you're not going through the wrath of God or the punishment of God as a believer. But can I just tell you that if you're a Christian, God spanks his own. All right. And sometimes we get that a little bit confused. How can the lost person live his life however they want? I want to tell you why, because they're not a child of God. All right. And their punishment is coming. A person without the Lord Jesus Christ will have to go to hell for eternity. All right. So God punishes his own. In other words, if you're saved, it causes the light or the gold to become dim. It causes you in your Christian life that people can't see the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. And you don't want to be under the punishment of God. I want to tell you, I love the Psalms. There's 75 Psalms written by David. And David, of course, went through that time of his life that he was punished by God. And he talked about it. Psalm 38, amazing chapter, talking about all the things that the first 17 verses talks about all the pain and agony that David had to go through. But David figured out one thing. When you get right with God, then there's joy, there's blessing. Now, follow me. What causes the gold to become dim? What causes your light not to shine? The punishment of God. And that punishment of God does not have to stay there. You can get right with God. Amen? Look at the next thing here in verse number 12 through verse number 16. Again, I'm, for time's sake, I'm just reading just a couple of verses here. But look down in verse number 13. It says, for the sins of who? Her prophets and the iniquities of who? that have shed the blood of the just in the midst of her. Now, um, let me read one more verse. Flip back at chapter chapter 2, verse 14. Really just pinpointing verses instead of reading all of the verses. Verse, chapter 2, verse 14 of Lamentations. Lamentation means to lament. Jeremiah is lamenting for the children of Israel as the heart of God. Verse 14. Thy prophets have, been, have seen vain and foolish things for thee, and they have not discovered, and the word discovered means to uncover, discovered thine iniquities to turn away thy captivity. Now think about that. If the prophets would have discovered, uncovered, if they would have made known their iniquities, they could have kept them from going into captivity. All right? Now church, I mean, here's, I've got a, we're going somewhere this morning. Again, laying the groundwork of the interpretation of chapter number four. What's the interpretation? The gold's become dim. Who's the gold? It was the Jews that went into captivity. All right? So why did the gold become dim? Because of the punishment of God. Why did the gold become dim? Because the prophets would not warn. Uh, we are, I know that we've uh, hit these things before, but uh, churches, Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Churches don't belong to people. Churches, church belongs to God. You belong to God. If you're saved, the Bible says you were bought with a price. Aren't you glad of that? What were you bought with? Jesus died for your sins. You get to go to heaven because Jesus took your place. You ought to be happy about that, by the way. And sometimes we come to churches, we see each other. We see the, the pastor or the person behind the pulpit. But the church, we, we belong to God. This, the, it's not, the church is not the building. The church is God's people. But can I just remind you that because of that, you come to church not to hear the preacher. You come to church to hear the word of God. What does the word of God say? The problem with the Jews that they were having is the prophets had the word of God, but they weren't telling the people the word. Jeremiah did. Well, guess what happened to Jeremiah? He ended up in prison. What happened to Jeremiah? He was abused. All right, what happened to Jeremiah? They didn't feed him. They put him in a pit and let him sink down in the pit. I'm just trying to say is uh, preaching is not always popular, but I'm going to just tell you something. The prophet, if he does not give God's word, he's under the condemnation of God. So what caused the children of Israel, the gold become dim? The, the, their value was still there, but why was the value of the children of Israel lost? It's because simply the punishment of God, simply because the prophets did not warn. Look at the next thing here, one more here. In verse number 12, I'm sorry, verse number 17 through verse number 22. It says in verse 17, as for us, our eyes are yet failed, our being the Jews, our eyes are yet failed for our, what kind of help did they have? In our watching, we have watched for a nation that could not save us. Now I put in my Bible, Egypt, because that's what they did. 
when the Assyrians came the first time, the very first thing, Hezekiah actually, very first thing they thought of was maybe we, should ask the, maybe we should ask the Egyptians to help us. When the Babylonians come, and of course that's what Judah's going to go into captivity under, Assyria took the ten tribes into captivity. Babylon took the last two tribes into captivity. In both situations, the first person they thought of, oh, you know what, we need to call Pharaoh to help us. We need to call Egypt to aid us. And what does the lamentation say here? It says, as for us, our eyes are yet failed for our, for our vain help. Church, I want to tell you something. When you put trust in the wrong places, guess what? The gold becomes dim. When you start to think, man, my bank account's going to get me out of this, the gold's become dim. When you go to thinking, I, I can ask so-and-so to help me with this, when God's trying to teach you something or tell you something, the gold has become dim. That's what happened to the children of Israel. So this chapter is describing what causes something of worth to look like something of non-worth. Did you notice verse number two? I didn't mention it earlier in verse two, but... He, he talks about gold, but he also talks about pitchers in verse 2. It says, the precious sons of Zion, the Jews, comparable to fine gold, how are they esteemed as earthen pitchers, the work of the hands of the potter? Now, an earthen pitcher was basically a clay pitcher they poured water out, out of. They were a dime a dozen. Oh, I broke it. I'll go, go down there and get me another one. All right. So God says, how do you go from being gold, precious gold, something that's worth something, to something that's worth nothing? I want to tell you how it happens, the punishment of God. I want to tell you how it happens when the prophet, the preacher doesn't tell you what the Bible says. I want to tell you how it happened. According to scripture here, he says, when you start to trust in other things instead of God for your help. All right? That's what happened to the children of Israel. If you're still with me, say amen. amen. Now, I want to make application for just a couple minutes this morning. To me, it's interesting that in verse number one and two, the, the phrase that the two words that are mentioned is fine gold. When you study the fine gold in scripture, there are only about four, maybe five. I can't remember. I put them in the lesson here, but there's only about four things that the Bible actually makes comparable to fine gold. I want to make the application this morning from that. And here's what I mean. If God looked at the children of Israel and he said, hey, listen, they were like fine gold, but now they're like earthen pitchers. What else in scripture can get dimmed? that God compares to fine gold. In other words, what is it in our life that God has either given to us or that it's in our life that is worth something that we've changed, we've caused dim? I want you to look at verse number one one more time, if you don't mind. Lamentation chapter four, verse number one. The Bible says, how is the gold become dim? That's the first uh, word. Then he says, how is the most fine gold changed? That's the second word. The stones of the sanctuary are poured out on the top of every street. What he's saying here is this. He's saying, listen, you, the Jews, you used to be the place that everybody talked about. Jerusalem was the place. It was the temple. It's where people came to meet with God. I mean, they, they, the walls of Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the kings of they were known for being God's chosen people. They lost all that. Now they're in chains and they're going to Babylon. Now, mo many of them have died. How does that happen? I want to tell you how it happened because something got dimmed. Something got changed. Something got covered and something got missed. Now, church, I mean, let's think about these. I think they should be in your lessons. I, because I print my own out, I don't always look at what you have, but these should be the same. I want you to notice your application, hopefully in your second point there, application. I want you to notice the four things that, that the Bible teaches or talks about that is refer referenced to fine gold that can become dim. All right, now there's are things that God gives us in our life that are like gold. First one, I think on your lesson, there's wisdom. Um... Proverbs talks a lot about wisdom. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. 
she wisdom. She is more precious than rubies and all the things thou canst desire. Think about that. Did you, you ever notice the comparison there? Wisdom is better than silver, gold, rubies, or all that you can desire. But church, I want to tell you, the last one to me is better than gold, silver, or rubies because we have some desires. We think, oh, that's in my bucket list. Or, man, I'd really like to see this happen. Or, I'd like to have that. God says to get wisdom is more important than whatever you want. All right? Now, with that said, how does the gold become dim? In other words, how does it get, you know, when we talked about earlier, how do you have a light that shines and then if you take that same light and you cover it, how does it not put forth as much light? What, what is it that's covering it that causes the gold to become dim? God's given all of us an opportunity to get wisdom. Now, wisdom is worth more than silver, gold, rubies, or all the kin desire. And everybody comes in contact with it. Again, chapter number one, the, chapter one goes through and talks about how it's in the chief place of concourse. In other words, every person has an opportunity to get wisdom. And wisdom's worth more than silver, gold, rubies, and all that I could desire. Why would I not want it? God talks about chapter number one, how his hand is stretched out with wisdom and people don't take it. But wisdom simply said is simply this. I know there's a lot of definitions for wisdom. I think the Bible definition is Proverbs 2.6. Proverbs 2.6 says, for the Lord giveth wisdom, colon. And then I think he defines what wisdom is. The Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Church family, if I asked you this morning if you'd like to have silver or gold, you'd say, yeah, I'll bring it on. If I'd say, hey, listen, I got this ruby ring. We're going to raffle it off and put your name in. Everybody put two or three names in. If I said, hey, listen, whatever you want, <clears throat> Brother Franklin will buy it for you. <laughs> you say, man, alive. Better not want very much. Now, watch for a second here. If wisdom is worth all of that, how come we don't have wisdom? The simplicity of wisdom is knowledge plus understanding equals wisdom. For the Lord giveth wisdom, chapter 2, verse 6, for the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. In other words, if knowledge and understanding, what is that? Knowledge is the facts. It's, it's the, if you want to say the word of God, it's the facts. It's what the Bible says. Understanding is the comprehension of those facts. Okay, that makes sense. When we teach our children in school, 2 plus 2 equals 4, we'll use objects to teach that. These two apples plus these two oranges, how many do you have? Well, 1, 2, 3, 4, 4. It's the comprehension of those facts. I want to tell you something. The Bible's true. And whether you understand it or not, the Bible's true. Amen. Whether you believe it or not, the Bible is true. Amen. The facts and the understanding. But wisdom is the proper use of those facts. It's, it's putting into practice those facts. Our children, we want them to be wise. And truthfully, as they get older, they go from elementary school and junior high and high school and they go to college. What are they doing? They're increasing their facts. The understanding of that facts is what gives them wisdom as far as the use of them in their life. By the way, it doesn't matter what job a person has. A person studies uh, engineering or nursing. What are they doing? They're going to school to put facts in there. In those facts that classes is to try to teach them how to understand so that when they get into their job, they can use those facts. Church, I mean, spiritually speaking, it's the same way. Why do you come to church this morning? I hope the reason you came to church is to draw closer to God so God would speak to you. What is that? It's the facts of the word of God, knowledge. Understanding, as the preacher preaches, that this is what the Bible, telling the sense of the scripture. Why do we always start with the interpretation of a passage? That's the fact. This is what the Bible says. This is what it's teaching. The understanding of those facts. How do I apply it to my own life? Wisdom. What do I do when I walk out those doors today? 
Church family, the gold has become dim because we allow wisdom to sit in the book and we don't ever pick it up. We allow wisdom to stay in the book or stay at the church and we never come or we don't listen when we come. We're thinking about what we're doing after the service. Wisdom is the proper use of those facts. You do not live a life to try to please the pastor or your, or your spouse or, or your children. We live a life to please him. But that life is lived because we understand this is what the Bible says and that we understand the comprehension of what the Bible is teaching us. Not some history book that was written about somebody else, but a book that was written to help us. But then do we allow the gold to become dim because we don't use what the Lord's taught us from his word? So the wisdom is that first one that I think when the Bible refers to it as fine gold. Second one is interesting. Kind of goes the same way, almost the same way. Psalm 119, uh, 127 talks about how God's word is as fine gold. In Psalm 19, it says, more to be desired, talking about the word of God, more to be desired than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover by them, the word of God, moreover by them is thy servant warned. And in keeping of them, there is great reward. People often do not see the importance of the word of God, but I'm just telling you, church family, the gold becomes dim when all it is is a book to bring to church and then set on a shelf and don't pick it up the rest of the week. The power of the word of God, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. What does it do? It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews chapter four, verse number 12. Why are we trying to get our kids to to read the word of God? Because we know it's what's life changing. I think you're you're good parents, but church, I mean, there is the greatest parent in all the world cannot transform the heart. Only the word of God can do that. So how has the gold become dim? The gold becomes dim when we don't even pick the book up in our own home. The gold becomes dim when we never have a family altar with our children. The gold becomes dim when the Bible is just something that we refer to as, well, that's what the Bible says. But we really never read the Bible to even know what it says. You know, it's a shame when the lost world can study longer and more to to try to disprove the Bible than Christians do just to read it to stay alive spiritually. So the gold becomes dim, it gets covered, it gets hidden. How does that do that? When we don't accept the wisdom that God gives us, the knowledge and understanding of what the Bible's trying to teach us. Church family, when you come to church, before you come to church, you just say, God, would you please give the preacher the words that I need today? I'll say it again because I I think it's worth, worth saying. Preaching is not about giving a sermon, preaching is about giving a message. I wanna tell you something, church family. If I or any other person comes to the Heritage Baptist Church and only delivers sermons, then all he is is a hireling and has a job. Do you know what makes a difference? You every day throughout the week do not just pray for the safety and strength and protection of the preacher, but that God would give God, give the man of God the words that I need for the, for the next service. I believe that happens. God, God triggers, God uses, God has something to take place and God lays upon the heart of the preacher, this is the message for the hour. And then you come to church and God speaks to us and not just to you, he speaks to us, all of us and in, in, in a very unique way. Why? Because it's a message. Brother fellow, you, if I come up to him and say, listen, I want you to go tell Brother Ortiz, thanks for coming today. It's not Brother Ortiz, I'm sorry, it's not Brother fellow, you telling Brother Ortiz, he is glad he's coming. It's me telling Brother Ortiz through Brother fellow, you. Church family, what is preaching? Preaching is a message, not a sermon. God, would you please give us what we need today? And then God gives us through his word. I'm just trying to tell you that the gold becomes dim. And the reason it becomes dim is because we're not using the word of God. That book that we hold in our hand. Hey, stop swallowing the lies of the world and Satan himself, who's the chief counterfeiter, that you don't have the word of God. And that the Bible's not true. And it doesn't matter what version you pick up. 
I'm just trying to tell you that we have the word of God. And if we believe that, then that's why we come to church. That's why we live the Christian life, because we believe that's God's word for us. How does the gold become dim? Then I want to tell you how the gold, when the book just becomes a novel that we think some man wrote, and it's not the very word of God that God gave to us. The gold becomes dim when it comes to wisdom. The gold becomes dim when it comes to the word of God. Next one I want you to notice here. This one uh, is very interesting. We don't always like this one, but it's, it's in the scriptures. Proverbs 25, 12 says this. As an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold, so is a wise reprover upon an obedient ear. Now think about that. God compares fine gold to reproof, all right? All right, now some of your old time has been with me forever, but you've got to let me say some of these things for everybody else. Uh, how many of you have heard me make the statement before? Many people want wisdom, but they don't like the package that it comes in. Uh, I'd like to have wisdom, but they don't like the package that it comes in. Proverbs 15, 31. The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. So God says, I want to give you wisdom, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to give you that in a package called reproof. But the problem is we're looking so much at the bag that it comes in that we don't see the wisdom that's inside the bag. All right. By the way, we get on our children all the time. Hey, I told you to do that. Why aren't you listening to me? And God says, I told you to do that. Why you're not listening to me? I'm going through nostalgic uh, sensitivity times in my life right now. My son's getting married. I know it's rough. My wife and I haven't really talked a whole lot about it, but you know, my last 20 some days, I don't, is it 20, 20 some days of the last. And so I'm constantly thinking, I'm not gonna have him anymore. And I know there's a pressure off after your kids get married. Many of you have already gone through all these things. But at the same token, my, uh, the clock's ticking my last opportunity to influence, and I know I'll have, I shouldn't say it that way. As a grandparent, you have opportunity to influence, but when your children get married and they leave out, they don't obey me any longer, all right? They're their own, and they don't answer to me. As long as they're in my house, they answer to me, you know, whether they like it or not. And a, lot of times they, a lot of times they don't like it. <laughs> so I'm just, you know, I was with Silas in the car yesterday, and I said, Silas, I said, uh, no, actually this morning, I'll come back to Silas a second. This morning I go by Samuel's room. He's not, Samuel's not in here, is he? Okay, good. I like talking about people when they're not here. Um, so Samuel, uh, I go by his room and said, hey, Sam, or Samuel, good morning. Just making sure you're moving. Of course, he has been up for a while, I guess, now. But I said, uh, so son, how many Sundays left? And he says two. So he's here today, gone next Sunday. He's going there. Uh, to see her for whatever reason, crazy. But anyway, uh, gonna go see her, and then uh, he'll be back for one more Sunday, and then then he goes to get married. So I said, last two, isn't it? Yeah, he's the last two. I was telling Silas yesterday. I said, Silas, we need to. Uh, I want to do something with Samuel with the family because it's gonna be our last time. And so we're, we figured out what day was available because he's working all the way up to time, like the last Friday before he leaves. I said, well, we need to make sure we do something. You know. Uh, so I, I think to myself, okay, what, what, what is, what, what's my last times with him? Is it going to be about, be about? Here Samuel grew up in a home that constantly, I was the one telling him what to do. And there's many times I reproved him, I brought to light. Hey, listen, I wouldn't do that. Or and as they get older, you, more of, it's more reproving than, than the rod. Proverbs 29, 15, the rod and reproof give wisdom. The rod and reproof give wisdom. But a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. But as they get older, I didn't, you, don't, you don't have to use the rod as much. Now, when they're small, 
you have to use the rod. And a rod spanking them. Spanking is biblical, by the way. You spank them. This thing of not spanking our children because the world keeps telling you that's abuse. That's why you're in the store and you get aggravated about the kid in the candy aisle and he's screaming his lungs off because his mom and dad won't buy him a candy bar. And you're thinking to yourself, would somebody do something with that kid? Well, would somebody spank that child to teach them you don't lose control of yourself because you want chocolate? We do that when we're adults, not children. So growing up, Samuel has to make a choice on whether he's going to be wise or not by whether or not he accepts the package or not. What's the package? Son, don't do that again. That was wrong. When they were growing up, let's say, come to my bedroom and spank them. We don't spank because we're mad. We spank because we love. So we're, people have lost that side of that. But what I'm trying to say is this. Our children are those kids that we've reproved all our life. But church, you don't grow out of reproof because you become of an adult. It just comes in different forms. God brings things to light. Yes, sometimes it's in a church service, but sometimes it's not a church. Sometimes it's at work. Sometimes it's God, in your own devotions, God reproves you. Sometimes it's you do something and you're convicted about what you saw or what you did or where you've been and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And God brings it to light. And what we do with that, many people want wisdom, but they don't like the package that it comes in. We don't like the grief or the, the pain or the loss that comes with our... By the way, the children of Israel are the same way. They went into captivity because that was God's punishment, God's correction. Now, again, I'm just telling you that reproof is like fine gold. What are you doing with it? You say, well, no one's, no one's going to tell me what to do. Then you're in sad shape. Amen. If God can't tell you what to do, he's your supreme authority. God just uses delegated authorities in your life to be able to do what he wants in your life. So again, we go through these things. What's comparable to fine gold? Wisdom and the word of God and reproof. Look at the last thing. The last one goes back to Lamentation number four. And it's talking about the Jews. But church, can I make the application this morning that if the Jews were God's chosen people and if you're saved, John 1, 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the? Well, church, did you notice in Lamentation chapter four, verse number two, the very first phrase is the precious sons of Zion. The children of Israel, Jews, were God's chosen people, but they were the sons of God, just like in the New Testament, when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, you become a child of God. Now, can I just tell you, just like the Jews lost their luster, they did not lose their value, but they lost their luster, it's because of the punishment of God. It's because the prophets didn't proclaim. It's because they went to the wrong place, trusting in the worldly things instead of trust. Can I tell you, that same thing happens to us. You are of great value to God. Your name is written in heaven. He's already prepared a place for you and he's coming back for you. Amen. You're of great value to God. But can I just tell you that as a Christian, we can allow ourselves to be dimmed, the luster, the, the shine. We can become dim. We can, we can be changed than what we were. Listen, if you're sitting in the service right now and you were closer to God a month ago, a year ago, or two, if you were closer to God then than you are right now, you've lost your shine. You, you, you become dim. And I want to tell you something, if you're satisfied with that, you're in a heap of trouble. You should be bothered by that. I used to read more of the word of God. I used to come to church searching and yearning for God to speak to me. I used to go out there and hand out tracts and tell people about Jesus Christ. All those things I used to do, but I'm not doing them now. What has happened? The gold's become dim. And that's the other thing that's referred to as fine gold. The New Testament application is us as God's chosen people, those who are saved. God has sent us into the world for our light to shine, and that, that shine has been put under a bushel. We've, we've hidden that light. Now, 
Can I just say in the last two minutes, how do I change that? It's in Lamentations in two verses. I want you to see them. How do I get the gold to shine again? Flip back one chapter, chapter 3, look at verse 39. Wherefore doth a living man, chapter 3, verse 39, wherefore doth a living man, or why, wherefore means why. Wherefore, why, why doth a living man complain a man for the punishment of his sins? So what should you do? Look at verse 40 and 41. Let us search and try our ways, number one. And turn again to the Lord, number two. Let us lift up our heart and our hands unto God in the heavens, number three. And verse 42, I'm sorry, verse 42 as well. We have transgressed and have rebelled. Thou hast not pardoned. What were they doing when they say we have transgressed and rebelled? They admitted their sin. If you want the gold to shine again, you need to first of all examine yourself. You need to turn back to God. You need to lift your heart and hands to the Lord. And then you just say, God, it's me. It's me. I'm wrong. You're right. Help me to do what's right. Help me do what's right. Church, listen, let your light shall shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. If you are exactly like the lost world, you've lost your shine. No, well, no, you're not, you say, Pastor, I'm not exactly, you're right, you're not exactly, you're saved. You're going to heaven. Their, their eyes are blinded. They're going to have to go to hell without the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only one that can take a person to heaven. Not the church, not baptism, not living a good life. Jesus Christ and him alone. Well, I'm saved. Wait a second here. Have you lost your shine? Have you ever been told when you walked into a place and been there a short time, somebody says, there's something different about that person. Have you, anybody ever said, I knew you were a Christian. Hey, can I just tell you something? That should happen. Amen. Christians should be honest. Christians should not cuss. Amen. Christians should talk about the Lord. You know why? Because they shine. Don't let your light be dimmed. Would you buy and close your eyes this morning?